Hello, everybody. It's Friday night and it is weekender time once more. And we've a jam-packed show ahead of you with all the best in hobby and gaming news from across the industry. On this week's show, you can also win a Warsaw-packed starter force for Team Yankee from store.ontabletop.com. If you want to be in with a chance to win the BMP Motor Rifle Battalion, then you need to be a subscriber to the channel. Pop a comment below. And if you can share us and like us as well, that would be terrific. Don't forget the ding Warren's dong. Otherwise, sit back, relax, crack open a brew, because your weekend starts here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Weekender. I'm joined this week by Shay, John, and Ben to take you through all the interesting things that have cropped up this past week in the world of table toppings. How are you guys doing? <laughs> doing well. Yes, yeah, we're going decent. to... Yeah, we're, we're only going to talk about table toppings. So it's Just all the things that you put on top hundreds of your of lovely thousands. dining room table. Yeah, so. <laughs> things like that. Anyway... <laughs> I digress. Um, we're going to kick things straight off into the show with the most important part. Oh, yeah. The Indie of the Week. Oh. And this week, it's a bit of the pew-pew. Oh, West. this was a doozy as well. Yeah. Uh, I was shocked we'd got this far without mentioning it. Um, or if we have, that, we're revisiting it, I guess. But there we go. <laughs> no, we were because I went looking extensively. Oh, going, wow, okay. We must have. Surely we've done knuckle duster miniatures. Yeah. And the answer to that was no, no, you haven't. You terrible, <laughs> terrible people. Um, so knuckle duster are all about the Wild West. Uh, well, I say all about the Wild West. Sometimes the uh, North Americans in the 1800s. But we'll get to that. We will get to that. Uh, the big thing is Gunfighter's Ball for them, um, which is a Wild West skirmishy game. Um, and it's an interesting set of rules to begin with. Um, from what I've read, it was sort of more or less written out of a set of uh, convention game rules where you'd be playing with multiple people um, and you wanted games to be quick, easy to pick up, fast playing, uh, without a ton of rules that people were worried about. Uh, and to that end, they came up with Gunfighter's Ball, which plays out on a sort of a three by three and um, has very few stats to be looked at. Uh, in most cases, all you really have is how many actions your gunfighter has when they activate uh, and then how many bullets you have for your guns. Uh, and then they've got other things that you can add in as optional extras, but it means when you're playing, players are using one or two miniatures aside. If you want to play a 1v1 with friends, then you can play, obviously, up six aside yourselves um, because you're still not managing a huge amount of stuff. But it's the miniatures to begin with. You can see here uh, a whole host of factions, bad guys, scoundrels, sidekicks. We'll take a closer look through the single miniatures um, because a lot of them are based on TV and film of yesteryear um, or even modern day stuff. I believe the Magnificent Seven appear twice in both flavors. So looking then at the uh, individual figures, 
Bum, bum, bum. There we are. Now, they do show you the renders on the big images, uh, which is, you know, all well and good. Um, I know often people see these and go, but what do the actual figures look like? I've bought quite a few of the knuckle duster uh, miniatures. Much like that. <laughs> and the, they're cast in single piece metal. Um, so anytime you see a render, it just it's just cast exactly as is. Um, sometimes they look a little bit funny, like the, things are a little bit pronounced. But that's because whenever you cast in metal, there's a, a slight shrinkage in the, the the features. So sometimes what looks on a on a 3D render like a more prominent piece of a sculpt, uh, it's not that prominent when you actually see the miniature in your hand. So I wouldn't worry about that. Um, but starting off with the likes of these delightful characters when you're playing your games you've got uh civilians as a, an option uh it might be baked into the the core rules actually just on the basic rules so whenever you start kicking off in the main street in some uh cow town on the the wild west and you're shooting at him and they're shooting at you and the bystanders are either running or screaming or getting involved or stabbing you in the back or trying to take the boots off your dead friend. Uh, you just don't know what a bystander is <laughs> going to do until you, until you, you know, skin those smoke wagons and go to town. Uh, as one man once said. So there's a terrific set of figures across the board. Yes. Kilkenny is just absolutely gorgeous. Um, for you, Jerry, that's why I'm... <laughs> I I wish I wish I was Lemmy. Um, You're close but, enough. You're close yeah, enough. Yeah, well, I'm getting there. Maybe I can just do, do that. Yeah. At some point. Um but because you're you're playing in the, the the sort of the core game, the basic game, you're playing with just figures that you are naming and making stuff up about yourself. There's not a specific group or faction or stat line that you have to worry about. Uh, you can more or less pick and choose, um, which means if you want to do uh, an Emilio Estevez-esque Billy the Kid with his bowler hat, actually that's based on the, I think, the real Billy the Kid from that photograph, uh, which Emilio based him his dress on. Um, you know, the belligerent. bathtub belligerent. <laughs> Respect that. Yeah. You know, Always he, armed. Yeah, if you're going to shoot, shoot. Uh, I think is the phrase after the guy comes in looking for him. You've got the duck, the coward who refused to go and fight in the Second World War. Uh, he, well, it was, he did. It's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, Johnny Ringo, obviously played by Michael Biehn, Wyatt Earp, Kurt Russell. You know, they're all there, and there are currently twelve pages of these, um, yeah. and they cross. A whole slew so if you're looking to build your town up and have blacksmith working outside the blacksmith shop you know your poor shopkeeper watching his uh his establishment being shot or beaten to pieces um or in fact if you're a fan of things like blazing saddles um the entire um blazing saddles are kicking around in here including mungo and they do do mounted versions of people on horses mungo comes mounted on an ox riding into town <laughs> as he would um, yeah. you know and they are just such a beautiful set of sculpts across the yeah. board um i, I think just, i think one of the really uh, nice things about the range is something that you mentioned earlier where it's that mix of both the hollywood style mm. of, of of wild west character spaghetti western character kind of thing 
and then also taking cues from their historical counterparts. Yeah. Yeah, because so it's really awesome when they do like their breakdowns on Facebook and they sort of talk about how they've chosen this particular aspect from the movie, but then they've added this bit because that's what they would have had if they were actually riding around on the frontier. So yeah. they've added bits of kit and all that kind of things, which is really nice. Uh, yeah, and uh, being able to have Teddy Roosevelt <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, alongside yeah. the outlaw Juicy Wheels. Um, which is a Clint Eastwood character I don't yet own, uh, which is, I think, a crying shame. <laughs> As Jerry adds to cart. I picked up uh, The Stranger uh, recently, oh, which, yeah, is, yeah. which is him from Pale Rider, mm -hmm. uh, because then he can go up against my dead man's hand, uh, Cogburn's Pinkerton's, because yeah. uh, that's very important to me, that I own all the things all the time. We know this. <laughs> The other thing that um, it, it, sometimes people look at the range of like, oh, about proportions and scale and all that kind of thing. They're on the slightly more, as you normally say, I think it's like heroic side of 28, I think is the, the way they view it. Um, but that just means that they kind of line up with pretty much all of the other ranges that are out there, essentially. Um, I think if you're going to be looking at some of the more, I don't know, actually, I think most of the wildest ranges out there are pretty much in the same vein, actually. Dead so, Man's Hand yeah. Plastic? Yeah, so that's pretty much what you're looking at, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Dead Man's Hand Metal. Yeah. Knuckle Duster Metal. All perfect. There you yeah. go. So, yeah, so they all match the ranges very, together. very well. Yeah. So, I, and I have. If you, if you, yeah, so if you look at it and you're like, oh, what does large mean? Well, there you go. It, it's all fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, before so. we jump back to the, the indie, I'm also going to throw out one thing about their um, the, the way that they define health in the game. So there's there's two types of sort of injury. Um, right. You can be sort of, you know, bleeding out, tis but a scratch, flesh windy type thing. Uh, and then you can also be oh, seriously, you know, one shot dead. Mm -hmm. um, but they do this thing where you get a set of poker chips and it's like a health bar. And, oh, and you that. stack them up in front and you just cash your chips in. So you take one hit, two hits three hits <laughs> whenever you hit the red it's a mortal yeah. wound and at that point you're starting to suffer ill effects as well that's I really, so cool I really, yeah. especially if you're playing a game with people who haven't played before um and you're just all at a table at a convention or whatever and you're mm. just or a club and you can look across and essentially see the health bar for every player's character just sort of great visual indicator yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. um but then they also have like i say there there's like a d it's a, it's a percentile based game um and there's a d100 chart where you roll on it about you know double o or sorry triple o to one is fatal just dead all your chips are gone cash them all in unlucky tell my mom i loved her uh, or <laughs> you know take a wind to your arm or end up with a winded leg um which reduces your movement uh, so those are all viable things um which is really nice to see because it gives you sort of a a change up as to how how stuff works there's uh bushy bill roberts the bounty hunter shot in a shitter as we all remember from Young Guns, we do. Remember they, they sent Charlie Sheen to go and check. It didn't work. <laughs> didn't work out well for him. Anyway, I am a fan of westerns. Um, but yeah, so the miniature range is expanding all the time, uh, and because you don't have to worry about, like I say, factions and the like, if you're just messing around or playing club games, then fill your boots. Go with whatever you want to go with, uh, and you can get some really nice miniatures in there um, that will either cover favorite films or 
um, just just the sheer sheer joy of painting cowboys. Yeah. Not- Another thing that you were saying earlier that's quite good as well is you said that the is to, to re-emphasize mm. it. They do the mounted and dismounted version. Yeah. Of pretty much all of their like big characters. All so in a game where you want to be riding around on horseback and then dismounting and shooting stuff, having the ability to just switch out the models yeah. is great. So you'll see not sometimes they'll release things like the Plains Warriors mounted set, and then a month later you'll get the dismounted set as well. So it's a great little uh, yeah. collection. So um, I mean, there's there's the cycles. coward version of uh, Rooster Cogburn. <laughs> uh, obviously, there's the Kurt Russell version as well, which is much better. Um, and then there's seven reasons more. So six reasons the West was wild. It's not the tagline <laughs> for the first Young Guns. Um, oh. and, and obviously they all, you know, uh, have the, the foot version as well. When you're playing the game, uh, you can mount and dismount and mess around. You can pick up the quick reference and uh, a cut down version of the rules for free on the website. Uh, so like I said, it's a percentile based game and it's tight. Oh, Lordy, she's tight. It's a three by three. You play on generally, uh, which means people are in and fighting very quickly um, because it's percentile based and you're just really counting the number of bullets you have in your gun unless you've got a special ability or maybe you're hired gunfighter or somebody who gets plus 10% on your roll. You know, point blank range is one inch away for a pistol um, or for most things actually. So you really are up close. And then once people start firing, pistols can be fired like three times. So, you know, 60% or less maybe with modifiers, maybe without. If there's any sort of negative modifiers, it's generally like half, but you only do it once. So if, if somebody's behind cover and blah, 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 they played a card on you to reduce it again, you'll only do it once. You'll be down to 30%. You just roll your percentile dice. Um, and then brawling is something similar. There's your wound chart. So there you go. All your chips for the, he- the headshot, neck, yeah. hands, so on and so forth. That's cool. So it uses um, percentile D6 and, and a D3 for various things. The one thing I will say I'm not a fan of is it does use D10 for movement. You get two actions a turn, and anybody who's ever seen me roll will know I get really annoyed whenever I move one inch every turn, and then some rolling for movement and I is panic. never a good idea. <laughs> never good. Um, that that would be the one thing I would either change or or modify in some way maybe you've got two actions maybe your first one is five inches plus half a d10 so a d5 and then that way you're still only moving a maximum of 10 but you're moving a minimum of six yeah that'd be a good idea. Uh, and then your second action is just a straight d10 roll just because watching my entire gang posse or crew Shuffle sitting at the back forward. of the board very slow. <laughs> and if you got something like yeah. uh, because like i said there are optional decks and rules where you can add in bits and pieces like um uh like buffs and debuffs so you can draw these cards that you can play on yourself or play on your opponents and like if all of a sudden you turn up to a gunfight and one of your guys has got a wooden leg and he's moving minus two inches all of a sudden that's a that's a um, for me i mean that's most of the dice rules he's not going to be moving <laughs> He's just going to be standing there because maybe maybe he stuck his peg leg in a prairie hole and he's just going to the circle because he's not he'll going take, forward he'll, or he'll backwards. This one out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it's really interesting. You've got this um, card draw system. So um, your initiative is based on a, a randomized card. Everybody will have a different card, and then the number of cards that you have, how quick your character is um, in the deck 
will be specified. So most people have like two. So let's say at the start of the game, we drew two, three, four, ten uh, as our cards. So you put them in front of your player and then it, you might have two of each of those cards in a deck and you construct a deck. And when those cards are drawn, you take your actions. And when the deck is spent, then you reshuffle and that's the end of a turn. Uh, but there's something you can do called Ace in the Hole. So that card in front of you that's reminding you what your initiative is, you can also use it to interrupt out of sequence. Ooh, yeah. So you flip that card over. And so maybe the bank robbers come running in front of you. You flip your card, shoot them in the back. Because uh, <laughs> it's the only way to deal with bank robbers. They all knew the risks. However, it means the next time your card is drawn, you don't take an action. You just re-ready your previous card. So you're, oh, taking, okay. a, you're yeah. taking an action yeah. from the future to use out of sequence now to gain some advantage. Um, so yeah, a fascinating little Western game for people who are interested in playing right, these play. sort of smaller skirmish games. Um, and you can see there the, the the basic rules. So they've added on these sort of layers of um, extra frippery. I love that, dude. That you can <laughs> add in or not. Help me. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, crawling, crawling's a D three when you yeah. have been shot when you're you know, been kneecapped. Um, it's a quick drawing going out of action. So it's yeah, it's it's worth a look and to see hammer. what other bits and pieces uh, that can be added in. So you might want to add in things like the 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 buff and debuff deck, which is completely optional. Something you can pick up if you don't want to play with it in your games. Don't play with it in your games. There instead of that D one hundred chart. Um, there's a deck of cards that have most of them in there that you can shuffle and draw instead. Uh, and then, you know, considering I'm always going to be ruling lots of really low, terrible numbers, uh, they'll be headshotting all of your opponent all the time. So if I do ever finally hit, they're dead. Uh, that, at that point, you go, well, draw a card instead. That'll be better. Um, they do also obviously do terrain as well. So if you haven't got your hands on any Wild Westy things, um, you can. Oh, there's where Brishy Bill dies. Um, <laughs> then you can put together your own cow town. Uh, mostly, yeah. mostly laser cut MDF, but then also you can see that they've used metal casting to do detail work on some of them as well. So putting That's more intricate cool. window yeah. frames and stuff in, having your saloon, your little Adobe jail. That's so, gonna the, the back of that's gonna come off. Just get some strong horses and some chains. <laughs> just just, pull it, just <laughs> straight through the bars in the window and yep. away you go. Look, you can see where other nerdy worlds have attempted to blow it open. Yeah. I've just got through one. Yeah. yeah. No point doing that. You'll get shot in the back again. Stop putting it. holes in my jail. <laughs> Always shoot people in the back all the time. Um, so that is the the westerny, the knuckly dustry side of knuckle duster miniatures. Uh, but they do have another side, which is the War of 1812. Um, which is interesting because it's one that we kind of gloss over on this side of the pond because obviously the Napoleonic Wars are running at the same state and there's a lot more people involved and there are a lot bigger battles closer to home. So whenever people think about um, early 19th century warfare, it generally goes towards France and what they're up to. However, um, there was obviously the, the War of 1812, so three years, 1812, 18, 14, 15. Um, Britain was fighting on two fronts. They were fighting the Napoleonic Wars, and then they were fighting against America in uh, the War of 1812. Uh, I'm not saying Britain started it, but they did press gang American citizens who were too far north 
occasionally. I think in general in you can probably say Britain did start it. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a safe bet. <laughs> it's one of those, you know, we want to expand further west. The Americans go, yeah. no, and then the British go, you do what? Your citizens are sailors now. <laughs>, Laughs at British. <laughs> um, but it's a really nice set of uh, 1812 miniatures. Obviously, the British side could be used for Napoleonics as well. Um, but then you've got all the American. Uh, so you've got your militias and your uh, regular army as much as they were. Um, and there are some really nice figures in there. So are Virginian and Colombian. So musket and musket and shot fans yeah, or Canadian fans. Uh, I believe there are some specific Canadian miniatures in the British section as well. Which is always nice to see. Yeah. Anybody who's not aware of uh, of the fun that was had during the, the War of eighteen twelve, it's where the White House gets its name. Because oh, the, okay. the British got really annoyed, sealed up the river, burnt the White House and sealed off. And so <laughs> that because it wasn't white beforehand, but to cover up the scorched damage from the British Marines oh, and the Army, okay. they they whitewashed it and it's been <laughs> stayed that way ever since. Um, there we go. So yeah. That's uh, how you yeah. show them. I don't know who. It's nice that, that they have is. again a, a night a good deep selection of stuff for you to choose from yep. for this as well. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, when you get into it, you've got the British infantry, obviously, all like the different flavors of British. Yeah, <laughs> your Canadians. Yeah. Uh, so I mean the standard stovepipe shako, very familiar to. Napoleonic players just mm -hmm. goes right up and down. Uh, big, nice flat hat on it. The Belgic Shako, I don't know if many, I don't know if anybody wore it particularly much in the British Army in Napoleonics. I think it was sort of skipped. Essentially, it's got a peak at the front uh, that comes over the top of the, the stovepipe. So it's a very, it's a very minor thing. Uh, and it wasn't worn for particularly long, but got more of an airing out in the Americas. And obviously, when the, um, Napoleon was defeated the first time. It freed up an awful lot of British troops to go across to America and reinforce that. Uh, and then when he came back for the 100 days and, and post the, because the treaty was signed then, um, and then not ratified him, that meant when he returned for the 100 day campaign, there was an awful lot of troops coming the other way that had been sort of carved off. Never ending war for those poor yeah. soldiers. Yeah. So. And your Highlanders, for people who want to paint tartan, but think painting tartan on a kilt is too much hassle, why not paint it onto trousers instead? <laughs> Say to you. Even fair, more fair angles play. for you to deal yeah, with. Yeah. Yeah. You, you do you, yeah. people, you do you. <laughs> but yeah, the... Uh, That's awesome. Really the, cool The collection. British infantry line, obviously, I mean, we see a lot of British infantry quite often. Um, British Marines are really nice, though. Again, because uh, in most cases... It's the hats that sell them. So the British Marines have very distinctive hats compared to the, the infantry. I'm trying to find... I remember at one stage, Warren was looking for the, the short, stocky hats of the British Marines, and I can't remember why. So really Probably for, for some, some game that he was trying to create, no, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. <laughs> possible, yeah. but who knows what he's up to. And then we have the Canadians, and the Canadians obviously... The Canucks, yeah. Yeah, played a, a fair bit of it, so... It's really nice to see a substantially large amount of them that can be fielded. And, and again, cool. when you get people, obviously, regionally, 
obviously the Canadians will want to do stuff closer to home. You don't always want to be playing some uh, some foreign war elsewhere. Uh, so it's nice to see the, the range covered by them. But yeah, the, the Americans and the Canadians are utterly gorgeous. There is um, one other thing I want to point out before we disappear away mm-hmm. from Knuckle Duster, uh, and it is the books. Books, there's our books. So they do do a couple of books. Um, Gunfire's Ball is the one we've mostly been talking about, uh, which is the, the sort of the main one. However, Desperado is... Um, a reprint of an older game and it is it's a skirmish game more based around skirmishing bands of people um the knuckle duster edition is a reprint with some new bits added you can still play the original from the early 90s or there's other bits and bobs in it it's it's relatively small sort of maybe four or five man bands but again written with the idea that it's a simple fast-paced game for conventions so even though people are playing with yeah. little bands of mexicans or outlaws or whatever um you can have a group of people so if you're not after just one model on a tabletop per person then desperado might be the way to go um and then the cowtown creator um sounds amazing <laughs> i may or may not have ordered a copy of this um, <laughs> it is if you want to do a western rpg uh 250 pages of guides wow. to what the, the old west was like period photos floor plans um name generators first last and nicknames uh and all sorts of bits and bobs in there as well um so not needed in any way shape or form for any of the other games however if you're interested in doing some old west rpging um then that's possibly one to have a look at definitely Um, yeah i'm going to say if you're in the uk abe's books abes has got the cheapest version of it on this side of the water because that website's American. Yeah. And also <laughs> if if you're in, in the UK, um Cavalier Press carry the knuckle duster range. Um so easier to get it that way than it is to get it directly from the States. If you're in the U, I'm not sure. Um if it's cheaper to import from America or from the UK these days, pay your money, take your chances. <laughs> uh but yeah. definitely uh, if you're interested in, in giving the the old west a bit of a go it's a different game or different style of game from things like dead man's hand or legends of the old west uh, i like the fact that none of the western style games that i own uh, overlap on each other too much you've got like very light single character you've got weird three act cinematic and then you've got essentially lord of the rings the old west um, yeah, pretty so, much, yeah. So yeah, which is you know all character based and and cheating yeah. uh but yeah definitely worth checking out knuckle duster just for the range of clint eastwoods yes so, it is it is extensive <laughs> it, it's fairly extensive i, yeah. I want to do um high plains drifter obviously you are all aware of high plains drifter i'm just gonna tell people at home who aren't so in high plains drifter spoilers by the way for a film that came out in the 70s he plays the ghost of a murdered sheriff who comes back to a town just before the three people who murdered the sheriff are due to get out of jail. Um, they originally were working for the town and then they double crossed them after they killed the sheriff and sent them away. So they're all panicking 
the stranger arrives, they don't realize it's the dead sheriff, and he convinces them to paint the whole town red, put out a big welcome table for them, and uh. writes welcome to hell, and I just want a board like that. All the Most of the buildings painted red, some of them not painted red because they didn't get far enough down the town. Little Malachi, uh, little um, dwarf guy, makes the sheriff and the mayor at one point. They're giving Clint everything, and then... Uh, when it looks like they're going to run rampant through the whole town, Clint comes out with a whip and just does them all over. It's, it's an amazing film. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. It is. It's excellent. It's it's based on, I think, the book or original script. It was meant to be the brother of the sheriff, and they don't recognize it. Clint changed that to being a bit more mystical woo-woo. You don't really know. What, is, it, is it the dead sheriff? Is it not? Kind of thing. Uh, in, in Clint's version, it really is just dead sheriff. Anyway, enough Western. <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on, take a look at some news. Coming to you from the center of Northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that shit you love. It's the News. <laughs> okay, we're back for the news. And uh, we're going to be kicking things off with Osprey. Because, mm. my God, they've been chucking out news left, right, and center. They really have, yeah. Can't and, stop uh, them. Yeah, Joseph McCullough just doesn't stop, apparently. He is a machine. <laughs> so uh, this week was the announcement of a whole host of McCullough-themed board, uh, war games that are going to be coming out over the next year uh, from the folks at Osprey. Um, we start with Stargrave. Now, this was um, teased and previewed last year, so it's not a massive bit of news, but this is the new Side Hustle card pack. It's going to be coming out soon. This comes with a whole host of cards for you to dive into, which will allow you to... Uh, um, sort of add side missions mm. and uh, side objectives, maybe hidden or revealed to everyone at the table uh, for use in your games. Um, so if you really like the idea of kind of going down the route of ulterior motives, as was added to Frostgrave not too long ago, there you go. <laughs> uh, then you can pick up Side Hustle very soon. I think it's March release for that. And uh, you'll be able to add that into your games and have some fun teasing your opponents mm. why do you keep going after the guy at the back no reason what's in that building that the opponent seems so Don't worry about uh, intrigued about so, yeah. <laughs> no, so I'm fine. We're all fine here. Uh, yeah. i have a copy of side hustle so i'll be doing a little yeah. uh unboxing review on it shortly mm-hmm. um so yeah likewise when ontario motors came motives came out there were like six specific objectives um that you sort of needed like a doorway a portal a well a trap door a zombie and something else uh yeah. side hustle has something similar so there'll be um objectives that you can probably pick up from north star uh specifically for us or like, you can just yeah. you know as long as you've got some additional objectives that don't get mixed up with your data and uh, regular loot tokens on the tabletop uh but it's a nice little deck not as big as ulterior i won't say that uh now it's amount a little of, wee card back here. Amount of cards, yes, there's the same amount of cards, but the deck is not this thing the size of a small book. Uh, so, you know, you've, you've <laughs> yeah. got but, uh, uh, more room yeah. to play with. Definitely worth take, taking a look at that, especially if you play a lot of Stargrave all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, carrying on from that, there's also going to be a release of Bold Endeavor, which lands in October this year for us in the UK, uh, and then January 2024 for the US. Um, this is a big new campaign style book for you to dive into with a whole bunch of quirky weird things for you to dive into and have fun with the kind of uh, sort of focus around this one is you going beyond the bounds of the known galaxy and exploring new frontiers uh although i think there's a lot more guns than in uh, star trek but there we go 
Uh, there's also going to be, well, there's a whole host of new scenarios for you to play that will sort of play around with alien technology and that kind of stuff. Maybe, you know, changing gravity and all sorts of quirky things. Uh, but there's also some new bits and pieces in there for new technology and new weapons and new equipment. There's also new crew options in there as well and unexpected events that might happen to you yeah. as you're going about your business. If you go to Zahadum, you will die. <laughs> say that. Sometimes stay, yeah. where, stay where you're known. Exactly. Go beyond the rim. I'm just going to say, if there's a big alien monolith on a planet, don't let your scientists near it because they will touch it and it will blow up or do something terrible. So there we go. Um, as well as that, we're moving away to the uh, the realm of fantasy with Frostgrave. And we have the new book, which is Into the Wildwoods. Rawr. And this is, uh, well, it's got big polar bears in it. <laughs> uh, this is sort of stepping beyond the safe, safe bounds of uh, Felstad where you've uh, currently been exploring and adventuring with your wizards and apprentices, and you'll be heading into the wildwoods around the frozen city where things are just as creepy and weird and terrifying and horrible. Uh, there's going to be new monsters, new soldier types, new spells, new artifacts, and loads of new rules added in there as well to kind of give this kind of survival vibe to things. So you're going to be out there in the wildwoods as things are getting colder and darker and creepier and more shadowy. You know why he's really, really angry? We stole his picnic basket. So. Oh, he's actually an albino black bear. Look, he's got pink eyes. Oh, yeah. And somebody obviously released him into the frozen north thinking he'd strayed. And now he's all but he's freezing. <laughs> Absolutely freezing. I'm foundered. All yeah. of you people have to die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so watch out for that later this year as well. Going to be awesome to dive into. Um, that's June. There you go. Hmm. Uh, and then last but not least, um, for at least this little portion of things from Joseph McCullough, uh, we have a new book coming out for The Silver Bayonet, which is their fantastic Napoleonic horror skirmish game. Mm-hmm. Really, really good fun. If you haven't seen it, make sure to go and check out our theme week we did, which was a lot of fun to dive yes, into. Yes, we did. We uh, did that. I remember that. We did, yeah. yeah. Uh, in fact, we've done a theme week for all three of the mm-hmm. of these games that we talked about today. Uh, but this one is The Carpathian's Castle Fear. Uh, and it will have your specialist unit of Napoleonic soldiers that have been drafted together to hunt down monsters heading into a castle uh, to hunt down strange and eerie monsters that live within it. You've got to clear it out, but I think this castle might be home to a vampire or two. <laughs> so if you're looking for some more horrifying adventures in the Carpathians, then make sure to check this out, uh, which is coming out later this year as well. So, yeah, really good Sweet. fun for that. As, as Jerry was saying, um, Northstar tend to do a lot of stuff around these games as well. So watch out for pre-orders and miniatures and all sorts of different things. Like and also um, additional scenarios and bits of bobs in the download yeah. section on the Osprey website. Yeah, That's yeah. one that often catches people out because um, we played the Normandy. Um, you did? Yeah. Castle uh, Viter. The Unlikely Alliance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And a lot of people are going, I have these games. I was unaware there were bonus scenarios on the website. <laughs> They, they yeah. do quite a lot of additional bits and pieces um, yeah. over on the Osprey website. So it's worth worth going and having a poke if you've already got the games to see if there's anything new and exciting on there that yeah. you can beg, borrow, or steal to use in your games anyway. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's also another game that has been sort of teased and previewed. Uh, uh, there's going to be more details on this in the coming weeks, but another game that has uh, arrived on the Osprey Games web store and everyone's been a little bit excited about is The Doomed Apocalyptic Horror Hunting. Uh, so this is their new grim, darky, 
sci-fi, sci-fantasy style skirmish game uh, where you're going to be assembling a team of hunters, as some of which you can see there. Got some 40k vibes going on. Uh, and you're, then you are sent out to hunt down massive demonic monsters that are rampaging across the world. No, thank you. <laughs> the cool thing about this is that it is it's got competitive elements to it and everything as well so that's, that's a really awesome way of doing it so you're not only having to contend with the massive horrors but also the other teams that are trying to hunt down these big beasties at the same time another really awesome thing about this game is that it's very much focused on the whole kind of kit bash conversion style mm. um, ethos that we've got going on at the moment um, so if you like just bashing kits together, uh, having fun with plastic, metal, resin, and all that kind of thing, creating really interesting and diverse warbands and stuff, this is probably going to be the game for you. Uh, make sure to come and have a look at this one and see what you think. Maybe you've got a couple of those Frostgrave kits sitting around, loads of bits left on there, and you've got a bit of 40k lying around at the same time. Bring them together. There's there you a, go. Do a very distinctly crusadery style. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Well, I suppose yeah. full play, actually, so less crusade, more... Um, or the roses, but yeah. his his flashlight gun. I don't think it's going to stop that. <laughs> you and, then, and, and then, that shield is not big enough, matey boy. No, yeah, yeah. And uh, then that stormcast eternal with a Gatling gun. Why wouldn't you oh, get yeah. one of those? There you go. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, watch out for more on the doomed in the future. It's going to be very very cool. I think. So, mm. yeah. yeah, fascinating. Maybe a slight teaser last week in the indie if you pick it mm-hmm. up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm looking forward to the doomed open to yes, do very much so. uh, a bit about that as well in the future because it, it looks very exciting. Um and different from Osprey as well. I like how yeah, they've yeah. also split Joe off into his own little thing. <laughs> He's it's his like, own entity now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have our war game series and then we have Joe McCullough. He's become self-aware. <laughs> <laughs> it was only a matter of time. Only a matter of time. Even things like the Carpathians heading off mm. vampire hunting, it's time to uh, break up oh, all the yeah. gorgets and beavers that have been sitting in museums for some time. <laughs> uh, and yeah. uh, may- maybe you'll survive the night exactly. uh, hunting yeah. through Castle Fear at the completely mm-hmm. separate distinct, not Dracula. Yep. Because he's, <laughs> I mean, mm, if if the mouse is coming up on public domain, surely, surely uh, Vlad must be You've getting there as so. well. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. Yeah. anyway, uh, where to next? Uh, next up, we're going to be looking at some new stuff coming out from Grey for Now Games. Um, they have cre- well, they've created Test of Honor, which is a fantastic samurai skirmish game, but they also recently released last year uh 0200 hours which is their skirmish game set around kind of infiltrating and fighting behind enemy lines during world war ii uh they came out with uh the core game last year alongside some plastic sets mm-hmm. that were created by uh, war games atlantic um but they are now going to be working on creating their first big expansion for the game essentially which is the partisan one uh, and this comes with as you might have guessed by the name some partisans. Oh, so you've got your French resistance fighting it out on the tabletop. There, huh? Exactly, yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, these are going to be available to add into your um, sort of squads as they go behind the enemy lines and to take out German communications and the like. Um, whenever you add one of these characters into your squad, they will come with a plan card that is attached to them and as well as their own special rules and everything that you can see there. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to be handy in a, in a fight, as it were. But maybe you want to add Edith into the mix, who will be able to set up explore explosives and blow things up Chucking why wouldn't you want to blow things up <laughs> um there are some of the plan cards as you can yep. see there which kind of talk through um what kind of things you can play around with before and after the game and in between and all that kind of good stuff as well 
I really like the chat with the radio. I think he's just actually just tuning into the sports or something, uh, or he's <laughs> he's listening to the weather forecast. Uh, he, he's not really helping out with anything. I don't he, think. He's <laughs> so incredibly French. Yes, <laughs> cigarette and cravat. Exactly. Yeah, so it's almost offensively so. <laughs> uh, but there's going to be a set of these miniatures that will come out alongside um, the set. Will also come with some of the plastics from. War Games, War Games Atlantic Atlantis at the same Artisan. time. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'll also have uh, all of the cards and all of the components and everything at the same time as well. So if you are interested in adding the partisans into your games of 0200 hours, then you will have the chance to do so very, very soon. Mm. Uh, these should be coming out in the next couple of weeks. So watch out for that. So, I'll be fascinated to see Partisan Box 2. Because the partisans mm. are listed as box number one from War Games yeah, Atlantic. Yeah, that's true. Um, and it would not be like them to sneak out uh, a cheeky, here's box here's two. Here's the box set. Here, yeah. Here's the second <laughs> plastic range um, yeah. that we haven't had on the planner because we were doing it anyway in conjunction um, with Grey for Now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that could be fascinating because I think I think the idea behind that is like most of it, like Cannon Fodder 1 and 2 is – uh, male and then female. So the first partisan box were. Well, there we go. That's a good idea. So yeah. partisan two would clearly be female. I also yeah. like the fact that a lot of these would work for um, the poles as well for the Polish rising. But yeah, because they, they've true. got uh, a lot of them have got the armbands and stuff on. So you just paint those up for the the Warsaw rising, and away you go. Yeah, and some I nice, say, I like the partisan snipers, lovely. We looked at them last week, but uh, Wargames Atlantic have been working on French resistance. Models yes. and everything like that. So that would be a perfect way to cycling around on bikes and so stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Pick yeah. them up and combine them all together. Also, O two hundred hours is a fantastic little skirmish game if you want to play World War Two, but very different. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you don't want to just be playing out the big battles with the tanks and everything like that, and you want to do something a little bit more stealthy, uh, then O two hundred hours is definitely worth having a look at if you are interested in uh, going a di- little bit of a different direction. I think. Yeah, I mean the the whole behind enemy lines things the. Um... No the tanks, John. No tanks. The little stealthy missions. <laughs> His face would you say the tank. I mean, you could have a tank, but what it would be is the idea is to break A piece in. of cover? No. <laughs> you know, it, it's the prototype mouse, and your, yeah. um, your unit is being sent in to sabotage it and destroy the plans. Or it's owned by a very uh, a very nice German officer who uh, keeps bringing it around to the cafe every yeah. so often. Yeah. I'm, so, go- <laughs> I'm going to point out just for the hell of it, because it does actually fall into the whole partisan thing, The when the Allies were moving into Paris mm-hmm. and the, the Paris resistance started to move around, they were bringing tanks to that fight. Oh, there you go. The, the French had a couple of R35s or something driving around that they just yeah. hidden somewhere in a barn. <laughs> you know all those barns in Paris. <laughs> there, there's a lot of Paris to cover. That's true. Yeah, you know, a lot of outside yeah. of Paris and this, this, this. Yeah. It's like anywhere the Eiffel Tower's shadow touches is Paris, isn't it? Is that how it works? <laughs> That's how it Some, works. Something like that, anyway. Everything um, beyond that is Boulogne. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to seeing what the partisans bring. Um, yeah, it'd be really cool. And and we have been talking about zero two hundred hours. We're talking about building sub pens and stuff, mm. running about and blowing up pump houses. So oh, you, may, you may be seeing zero two hundred hours sooner rather than later, especially whenever I finish painting these little guys who are sitting on my desk at the moment. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, and I get break out the uh, polystyrene and grey paint. Yep. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of squares in our future. A lot of big chunky <laughs> blocks. I have a U boat, and that U boat is going on a table for a <laughs> Damn it. 
Anyway. Oh, there we go. So, yeah. Talking of uh, nautical things, mm-hmm. uh, we're also going to be looking at um, some of the releases that are coming out from War Cradle for uh, February and Dystopian Wars. Mm. Uh, so there's a couple of new big battle fleet sets that are on the way that mix together, um, in, in this case, uh, a big new resin piece uh, alongside Damn. the existing plastic range that you might have seen. Uh, leading the way is the Avalon Battle Fleet set, as you can see there for the crown. Do you like flying things with your flying things? Well, here's some more flying things, is the way that I'd explain explain it's, this one. It can't, what is that? It it reminds me of one of those marionette shows. Which one? Oh, it's uh, the sky base from Captain Scarlet. Oh, from Captain Scarlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cloud yep. base. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely it. Um, oh, but oh. yeah, <laughs> this is very much a set that is designated, uh, you know, flyers only. Um, everyone else. There are two out, really. subs. Yeah, there's some subs and some ships, but I think there's it's two about boats. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Yeah, they also lodge fires, to be fair. They do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is very much around just sending fighters out to annoy everybody else at the table, probably. Um, so, Absolutely yeah. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the, so, Ameri- the American tactic worked quite well in 44. Flyers, flyers and torpedoes, that's all you need to see. That's the way them. to go. Yeah. yeah. Especially if, I don't know if this, if the Avalon fleet can be set as Canadian. I believe um, it can actually. I believe you can do some stuff with the. They they have a special stuff. flyer yeah. token. The the snowbirds they can be designated and like you get like a bonus round oh. of extra flyers who just come in and just hammer people. It's so like every turn you do more damage at extreme ranges. It's great <laughs> until your opponent gets really really annoyed. Yeah, <laughs> you've also got the Columbia Battle Fleet set, which has been mm. uh, designed for the Union and stuff. So if you like mm. your big steamboats and things, you can go down that route and have fun with that. A hell of a yeah. size of a set of paddles on that thing. Yeah, yeah that's, exactly. that's a paddle steamer and a half. Or... Yeah, designed as essentially a big floating fortress in uh, in many regards. Really? A little bit like an ironclad of the day. <laughs> Who would have thought it? Yeah. Uh, but yeah be able to play around with that and have fun with it uh if you like big guns though you probably want to go for the richter battle fleet set which has been designated for the commonwealth (laughs) a massive gun on what it's essentially the length of the ship as you can see there um the ship is effectively designed to just be the engine to fire the gun and they use all sorts of weird technology to even transfer the shell the atomic shells into the gun itself um they also said that if you're a crewman in the fluff of it. If you're a crewman and you stand outside on the deck when this fires, you'll be atomized. Nice. So <laughs> probably pays to be indoors when firing yeah. that big gun. I don't, I don't think uh, two shield generators are going to be enough. <laughs> I'm still impressed it has broadsides, to be yeah, yeah, honest. Yeah. I would. I just would have went the whole nine yards, went, no, nope, you've got yeah. shield generators, you've got no broadsides. They don't have the room exactly. for broadsides. Yeah. You've got the gun. <laughs> it's up to you to make sure that nobody else takes it from you, Very which is, so. presumably is why they have all these little um, hovercraft. Yeah, yeah. So you've got plenty of support craft to help that shit, help the Richter, essentially. Mm. Um, it, can, it can be built in a variety of different um, sort of combinations, yeah, as, yeah. as can many of the resin ships and indeed the plastic ships. It's also flyers as well for the Commonwealth. So, yeah. so if you're uh, interested in playing around with the Commonwealth and you've got some options there, last but not least for the big battle fleet sets, there's also the Top Cappy one, uh, which mm. is playing around with portals. Uh, once more, uh, so this is a portal, ship, a portal ship for sending portal ships through portals. <laughs> uh, have fun with that. You've got the big new ship, as you can see there, which can launch flies and all that kind of good stuff as well. And then you have the sort of additional ships that will be hanging around the sides, making sure that no one gets too close. Um, but yeah, why would you not want to surprise your foes by bringing a ship behind their lines and blasting them to pieces? That's the way to go with this. Who would have thought the Sultanate 
uh, okay. <laughs> didn't have more tricks up their sleeves. Yeah, so. sending, sending the ships is good. You don't even have to send the ships. You know, you well, put, put yeah. portal here, put other portal behind your opponents, fire your shells through your portal, exactly. then you come out the back yeah. and hit him in the bum. Yeah. <laughs> Just go unlucky. It's the way to go. Sucks to, to be go. you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, in addition to those battle fleet sets uh, that come with a good mix of different options for you to choose from across those four factions, there's also new starter factions that are coming out. Um, so there's going to be starter factions for the Crown, the Imperium, the Commonwealth, and the Enlightened, uh, and they match up with the um, existing sets that were released last month or this month, essentially. Mm. They came out this month, uh, but were pre-order earlier. Um, so it'll essentially give you good starter options for getting st- uh, stuck into a little bit of um, uh, just opium balls on the yeah. tabletop. So if you don't want to go you know, down the route of having to come up with army lists or anything like that, then this is the uh, a good way to go. And then you can use these alongside the videos that we did towards the tail end of last year, where we learned how to play the game as well. Mm. So there we go. So some great yeah, the, yeah, because these are... Interesting little starter sets. If you know what you're doing, it's a nice entry point for grabbing extra stuff. But Pretty much, yeah. If you're bl- brand spanking you because some of these ships have got like 13 different ways you can build them type, you know, <laughs> yes. there's a ridiculous <laughs> amount of options and yeah. you're just looking at it going, I, 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 I don't know. Um, so this, these come with little booklets essentially going, here's what you're building. Here's what it does. Build these things. Play the yeah. game this way. Yeah, you know, you sit back and fire SRS tokens. You sit back and launch portals behind your opponent, or you drive pell mell into the middle of them and then pull the handbrake with the Americans, slingshotting yourself around ninety degrees and just broadsiding the world. Um, whatever it happens to be, uh, it will explain it in a handy dandy place. So that's a a nice um, a nice way of getting into it without having to worry about knowing all the ins and outs and intricacies of the gameplay yep. beforehand, yeah. or magnetizing the life out of everything. Yeah. Nobody uh, got time for that. We also put together a bunch of kind of starter army list things last year as well. So if you're looking at these and maybe they these, you know, allow you to use a selection of these ships or you use them alongside some of the existing box sets or the big starter sets and things that you can get stuck in and and uh, see what Warren and the team <laughs> put together in that sense as well. Yeah. So, yeah Choo choo. I'm about yeah. to. Right. <laughs> Anywho, uh, Cubicle 7 then. Mm, yeah. They're up to some interesting things at the moment. They really are. Um, so, mm. now, we've been having fun with them. You'll see that uh, very soon. Uh, but in addition to what fun we had in the Grimdark future, <laughs> uh, there's also some Grimdark Mortal Realms stuff to dive into very, very soon. So there's a new supplement um, coming out uh, in the near future from them, which is all about Ulfenkarn. So Ulfenkarn is the city, the cursed city that you'll remember from the uh, Warhammer Quest um, board game. That oh, came yes, that's why it sounds familiar. Yeah. The vampire ogres and stuff. Radukar, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is going to be a book that allows you to play out your games in this city with your mighty heroes of the mortal realms. But the twist is that it comes with updates to the grim and perilous rules that they have in the game. So, normally, when you dive into Soulbound, you're essentially like a Marvel superhero, really. You can jump around, kill billions of things in a single hit, bring down lightning and blast mm-hmm. things to pieces and that kind of thing. Well, this kind of adds in slightly more pared down versions of the rules that allow you to tinker around with damage in a little bit of a different way and all that kind of good stuff. So it'll mean that it's a lot more deadly for your heroes than uh, it was 
previously. Mm-hmm. There's also going to be new archetypes added into the game that reflect the characters that you'll know from Curse City. So you get things like an exiled noble elf and all that kind of good stuff there too. Uh, there's also going to be new monsters, new locations, loads of different things for essentially just playing out entire campaigns in Ulfenkarn where you're really working as a resistance against Radokar and his vampires that have taken over the city. Um, talking about as well, there's also going to be three periods covered in the book. So there's going to be the period of, as they call it, peril, which is where the city fell and then Radokar took control of it. So it's kind of the the time period from the first big box game, really, where, you know, the humans have been sort of enslaved by Radokar and there's like the skeletons walking the streets as, you know, policemen and all that kind of good stuff as well. So it's a proper sort of undercover style mystery. And then you can take things through towards the latter um, stages of the um, Curse City box game, really, where you play with more vampires that arrive once you've defeated Radokar for the first time. And then as the city falls apart and sort of is dragged into um, the uh, the realm of death as the the um, the Nadir grows, uh, then you'll be able to play in that sort of period as well if you wanted to get a little bit more superhero, I suppose. But yeah, some really good stuff in there for people who want to play out grim, dark games of Age of Sigmar Soulbound. I like the idea of the multiple periods because it lets you, you know, throw them into a city and then just watch it collapse. Society has gone away. Yep. <laughs> and uh, oh, you yeah. were society. Sucks yeah. to be you. I, I, the, the great thing for me is that I think it takes, you, you, you if you wanted to play a game of Soulband and you were suddenly playing as a, uh, a Stormcast Eternal, suddenly you can't necessarily walk around in your big spanky, you know, gold armor or anything like that. Not spanky. Sparkly, <laughs> your sparkly gold armor. Like yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have to rock something like a robe, or you know, use some disguises and all that kind of kind of stuff. And if you start calling down lightning, I think some people are probably gonna realize that is true. They will um, notice you. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be very interesting seeing how people approach that. I think a lot of people are very uh, eager to give it a go. So there we go. Sweet to the beat, right? Ravensburger. Yes. Um, so this one's a little bit different, uh, but, you know. We'd expect could this nothing be, less, Ben. Could this be the big new card game of 2023? Uh, so Ravensburger are going to be working on uh, Disney Lorcana. Stay with me. Mm. Uh, which is going to be coming out uh, at Gen Con this year with a full retail release during September. Now, very little is still actually known of the game and how it works. <laughs> But they've been talking about their release and how it's all going to hit the table. So uh, there's going to be a new set of starter decks that are going to be coming out, which are based around different inks, colors, Mm -hmm. essentially. So you can think of these almost broken down like magic decks in that regard, where they might do like a black and red deck or a black and green, etc. like that. So they're broken down into the ones you see there. So those are going to be the three starter decks that are coming out based around, as you might have imagined. Disney characters and their abilities. But then on top of that, they're going to be doing big release sets that will come with loads of packs for you to pick up, mm-hmm. um, accessories like deck boxes and everything else in between. And yes, this is going to be a TCG, a trading card game. Now, my big question about this is, has the time passed for the good old trading card game? Or is it still as uh, big in people's minds as ever. Magic is obviously huge, and people are still playing that. It is. And I know a lot of people enjoy Flesh and Blood. I think it's that's the other big game that's sort of out there at the moment. But a lot of other card games have kind of moved over to the kind of living card game format now. Um, so I think this is a big 
push by Ravensburger to do something a little bit different and obviously play around with the Disney license. I think that's probably going to carry it through. Um, but um, by all accounts, from the little that we do know, mechanically, it actually is meant to be a lot of fun. Um, will we see a lot of people dive into it? I don't know. But uh, yeah, keep I mean, an eye out for that one later this year. I think. The thing is, everybody has been raised on Disney. Yep. <laughs> you know, whether you're old enough to remember the good Disney. Uh, <laughs> like the black cauldron and stuff like that yeah. uh, or or you're all about that let it go woman um which I'm, I'm say i've never seen uh frozen you know, jerry it's frozen sure i'm, I'm gonna go to limb now and call that sapphire and steel um which right off the bat sapphire and steel was a fantastic tv series uh, if you've never seen sapphire and steel you should go and find that if you think doctor who was good that was amazing and i'm kind of offended that the blue white deck is called sapphire and steel uh but i'm going to call it now that like all blue white decks they're going to be the worst just the absolute worst oh so much did the show not feature you know adult hot simba and uh cinderella then no is that not the no, no it was joanna, joanna lumley and um, oh okay oh ducky from ncis Ilya kuriakin from the man from uncle what was right. his name? <laughs> i know who you're on about you know him talking about they, they were literally sapphire and steel oh, there they, we they, go. they were auditors of reality and they were signed oh. the sector of time and space that included earth well, so that we sent out cool. earth it's an amazing show and it, it's a complete mind there's a beep for you justin um because it's a hand builder but but yeah card games um i heard that the because it was the 30th anniversary of magic recently uh, i heard wizards kind of screwed the pooch with the direction they went and the releases on that one and that uh, apparently a lot of them. far too many cards in the pool and yeah. uh it made everything really hard for people who were trying to get their decks together or stay ahead of the meta so i mean kind of stuff, mechanically so. if if they can do a card game that mechanically works well and then obviously you've got the whole disney cash behind that where you can just go well you know i'll i'll throw this in or I'll throw that in or i really like i really hope there's black cauldron stuff and i know there won't be because nobody has seen the black cauldron. well they have done they have done lots of different variants of um mickey and stuff and done like older takes on him and that kind of thing as well so i mean there's a fantasia version of him in the oh, yeah, yeah. So, so there's a lot of disney for them to choose from there is so. a lot of disney to there's <laughs> my god there's a lot of disney to choose from <laughs> uh, i just can't so. wait to see uh the little dog from the Black Cauldron and Tron going up against <laughs> going up against Moana. So I have no idea what's I going think on that's going Moana. to be the big thing for a lot of people. I think it's going to be that idea of just being able to mash everything together MCU style hmm. and just kind of have fun with it. Oh, talking about the MCU, they're Disney as well, I suppose. But yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, <laughs> turn, so, turn all your favorite turn all your favorite Disney characters into murderers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Roger Rabbit. All the best ones are anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, but yeah, just chuck all the tunes one, together. So, yeah, uh, interesting stuff. A, a Gen Con release is normally a sign that they really, really think this is going to work like work properly. So, you know, we'll mm. see. Well, yeah. It's yeah. always one to keep an eye on to see what's coming at Gen Con because you never know. Mm. You never know. All right. On to a games workshop and yes. a lot of news coming. 
Yeah. Um, so we're going to be dealing with the pre-orders that are coming up for this weekend. Uh, first off, uh, we're going to whiz through these because a lot of this stuff we've, a lot of people have seen before. So there's going to be new battle times coming out for the Beasts of Chaos and the Gloom Spike Gits. Yeah. Um, so both of them get the sort of standard release of their battle time alongside the strangely recolored version as well, as mm. we discussed last week. Just odd but there we go <laughs> you're gonna be able to get your hands on these which will come with updated rules for both of the factions and also updated path to glory rules if you want to kind of take your uh your army through a sort of crusade style uh, affair a la warhammer 40,000. and mm. uh, there's also going to be new models so there's the new beast lord that's coming out still haven't fixed the minotaur <laughs> but uh yeah uh, the new beast lord is coming out with his twin man reaper axes to kick ass and take names Pretty cool miniature, but it's a shame that we're just getting that at the moment. But there we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Gloom Spike Gits get their Squig boss with Nasher Squig. And I got to say, he looks amazing. I also want someone to paint him with a green cloak and mm-hmm. do him as Dr. Doom. Because uh, I think that would be brilliant. I, I was about to do a Batman <laughs> and Robin reference, actually. The that would that also the, be The good, fact yeah. that the Squig is masked so nobody knows yeah. who they are. And, yeah. But at the same time, also Riddler vibes uh, with that yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, there are just so many, so if, many. If you can put a little bags. pair of like green Y fronts on the squig, <laughs> then uh, I'm, yeah. I'm up for that. But there we go. You do you? <laughs> uh, there's also another set for the Gloom Spike Gits. They're getting their uh, Snarlfang Riders, their Wolf Riders, um, done in the kind of updated style of the classic Wolf Riders that a lot mm-hmm. of people will know. Mixing a little bit of Dogs of War there at the same time, which is quite nice. Yeah, yeah, Very yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. The thing that the thing that's really interesting about these, uh, and I think we talked about them at the time, or maybe it was in the, the news story that I did, for, I did for them, is that they've got while they're clearly been designed so that they fit into that kind of mold of the mortal realms in kind of scale and proportions and things. There's a lot of stuff about them that is very old worldy in that regard as well. Uh, and you could ver- I could very easily see these riding into battle alongside classic sort of rank and file armies at the same time. Once you change the bases, of course. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, some interesting stuff there for the uh, Gloom Spike Gits if you want to go in a different direction. It's quite nice. Uh, and then last but not least, we have two new Vanguard sets that are coming out. Um, so there's going to be a Vanguard set for the uh, the Beast of Chaos and one for the Gloom Spike Gits that come with everything you need to get started with a low points cost army on the tabletop. I hope you like painting fur. Uh, if you're playing Beastmen, because there's a lot of that going around, and also flesh. I hope you like painting flesh, man. These days, there's there's yeah. so many contrast will do this so easily. Yes, yeah. very true. You could burn through these, I reckon, in a, in in a couple of days over the weekend, and then you've got those big dragon og- ogres. Sorry, that you could have fun with sure. and uh, put a little bit of more attention into. But essentially, you're going to spend set- most of your time trying to make the legs bend on those because I mean the front legs just look like they're, <laughs> they look like they're in plaster casts. <laughs> yeah, they do. It looks bit, like that yeah. meme of the cat with his leg and smarty yes. tubes. <laughs> like, there's no bend in that at all. I hate yeah. that so much. Wrap some green stuff around those and turn them into Smarties tubes. Mm. And Jerry will be very pleased. I'll be very happy. That's all right. Uh, I've got 24 of the lead ones. I don't yeah. care. But yeah, grab that and uh, the Beast Lord and you'd be more than away. Uh, and then for the, the Gloom Spike Gits, we've also got your uh, your Squig Boss and stuff. They're rocking around with the new Trogoths and plenty of Squigs and Night Goblins as well. So um, have fun with that one. And uh, yeah, that, dive in and create yourself a new army for 2023, maybe. That, that's a, a funner looking set. Yes, yeah. I, th- I think in Although, general the goblins, well, goblins as a whole, I think are pretty fun, really. So, but yeah. but I'm, I'm looking at it going points wise. I mean, 
I just the have a, I, make up a lot of the points. I, mean. I just have a feeling. <laughs> yeah, but dragon ogres were the most expensive monster in in yeah. the old world. I don't know what the points are like in Age of Sigmar, um, but they were mm, like at least a third more expensive than any troll or ogre. Mm. So you've got three of them. So right off the bat, you could ignore the trogoths. Can the squig hoppers and twenty goblins take on? that <laughs> including bestigore and i don't think they can yeah i think they'll get green smeared all over the walls of whatever cave they've bounced out of very true but they look very good See, they, look, they look nice yeah they're yeah, great yeah. great they're great good. models and i i actually quite like that the trogos retain a lot of their character from the early stone trolls stone that they trolls? did yeah from back, they're still blue they still got the bigger sort of like dumb big, i'm just assuming this is all well, stone so. trolls squig hoppers and goblins that's that's how i view them all i don't that, that know is what essentially they're called. how yeah yeah <laughs> you, know, you can try and change a marathon's name to snickers but it's still <laughs> but yeah, yeah some uh, interesting things for you to have fun with there when it comes to the mortal realms and uh warhammer there we go okie dokie what's up next then ben so yeah, next up, uh, we're going to be looking at all the stuff that was announced from the LVO this week. Me wow. and Jerry are here. Everyone else has buggered off. <laughs> they, they ran off and left us. Yeah, wibbly wobbly. Anyway, no. yes. Yeah, so so uh, we're going to be looking at everything that was announced uh, this week from Games Workshop for the uh, well for one forty thousand. Why well, Age of Sigma and a whole bunch of their skirmish games at the same time as well. Um, we start things off. In the only place you can start things off when it comes to Warhammer 40,000, and that's Space Marines. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of, course. of course it is. Yeah. 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 Um, so they're going to be getting a new Strike Force set that will yeah. then, obviously, all these components will be available separately later on down the line. Uh, the big part of the new Strike Force Agastus box, what a silly name, yeah. uh, is the new Brutalis Dreadnought, as you can see there. I'm aghast. Uh, one of the most worst kept secrets in 40k that there was a, a close combat dreadnought coming up. Um, so this one know. is, yeah, this is no longer the preserve of the Blood Angels, even though you can see it clearly mm. in Blood Angels colors there. <laughs> this is going to be available to all chapters. I'm immediately going to be replacing the Redemptor that I had in my close combat army with this dreadnought uh, and use it. It's got guns on its hips, Jerry. It's got, it's got guns, guns on, on its hips. hips. It's got guns yeah. on its wrists. It's possibly yeah. even, it's got a gun on top. Yeah. Gu guns everywhere. Yeah. It's guns for days, is I believe yeah. what the kids say. <laughs> I, I, these kits are actually really nice and posable as well, actually. So it'll be fun mm. to see what people do with these for dioramas and things like that. I like the idea of one like ripping apart a tyranid or something as it blasts holes in it with guns or something. That could be kind of cool. Um, I'm trying to work but, out if uh, that's a hurricane bolter on the side of its of its arm down here. Because that looks like three bolters in a row. Do they still do I, hurricane it might bolters? Be, it might be one of those like fragmentation launches because i think the bolt is on the other wrist and that's probably like a yeah, well on this one on this one it's yeah. got a oh, twin, yeah, yeah. It's got twin, twin so you can tinker around with the different bolters, uh, yeah. options yeah, yeah well yeah. plenty of guns everywhere yeah i'm still not sure why i mean in the in the middle of the things on its hips it's very peculiar <laughs> all you have to do is stand right in front of it and it can't can't uh, shoot yeah, you. Just hide underneath the cod piece and you'll be fine. Just yeah. runs, runs straight <laughs> at it. Exactly. Just hit that sweet spot where it can't fire it. <laughs> Before it steps on me. Yeah, well, yeah. Then, yeah. yeah you're ripped apart but, by big uh, claws. But yeah, so you've got the Brutalis Dreadnought there, which is mm. coming in the set alongside the new uh, Desolation Squad. Mm. Um, so do you like missiles on your missiles? Well, here's some missiles. Um, so this isn't a replacement for the Devastator Squad. The currently exists because sure. that obviously has lots of different weapon options from last cannons to plasma mm -hmm. cannons and everything else in between uh this is 
basically a set of five Primaris Space Marines who come armed with a bevy of frag and crack missiles that they can fire at their opponents. Super frag and super crack. Yes, uh, because super. that's the easiest way to designate that it's better than a normal crack, yep, I guess. Yep, yep, but yep. Uh, yeah, um, I'm I'm not so sure on these. I'm not sure. I don't really like the toy factor of them. I think it's yeah. a bit weird. Um, there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of it, it's like everybody has cobbled together their own orc shooter. Yes, no two weapons are the same. There's nothing standardized yeah. here, yeah. which is a bit weird. I know obviously you used to get things where maybe the, the sergeant in the unit would have something different or special, mm-hmm. but you know, Gatling guns with a range of random things stuck on top. And that's yeah. of course the specific things will only fire crack or frag. So you've got you right. know, square yeah. boxy ones for super crack and round, round ones yeah. for super frag. Maybe I yeah. don't know but, how they're uh, designating it, but clearly, clearly designed for blowing up large amounts of, Unit, yeah, so. yeah. Apparently, you can uh, <laughs> hit your opponent in their deployment zone, so that's going to be good for the old turn one alpha striking, isn't it? Yeah, aim to the skies, boys. <laughs> putting all my strategy yeah. points in plus bonus for my first turn. Yeah, one. there's also going to be a uh, new Primaris Lieutenant model. Yay. You, you shocked me. <laughs> Yay. Uh, this one's been designed as uh, a kit that allow you to make all of the different options from the profile mm. so previous to this you've had them in very kind of not static but kind of um similar configurations where it was like power fist and power sword or yeah, it, was a, it was a monopose and, and monopose and, yeah and there was no real whereas this allows it. you to play around with that a little bit more throw a plasma gun into the mix if you've got dark angels which i do mm-hmm. uh you've also got power sword power fist heavy bolter and all that kind of well heavy bolt Pistol or heavy bolt rifle. I think that's how they designate it now. I can't remember. Oh, God. There's so much stuff. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, pretty nice little model there, but obviously just a Primaris Lieutenant. And and, and the first time the Primaris Lieutenant gets a power fist. Exactly. Yeah. For crunching things. (laughs) People have often said they're not good enough in close combat. (laughs) Well, they require require some help there. Now they are. Now they are. Yeah. Now we Uh, know. Yeah. So, uh, moving away from the mm. generic and into the very chapter-specific. Yeah. Um, so, the Arcs of Omen is uh, currently underway, and Vashtor is the one that has allied himself with Abaddon uh, mm. to take over the galaxy and, you know, plunge the Imperium into darkness. Um, so, in the new box set, which is Wrath of the Soulforge King, we're going to be seeing the Dark Angels, led by Azrael, um, leading the fight against Vashtor, uh, on the tabletop. Uh, there's going to be a new box where it'll be your first chance to get your hands on the new plastic figures for Vashtor and Azrael, as you can see there. Uh, but alongside that, Azrael's got a contingent of Primaris Space Marines, in- Intercessors, alongside the Deathwing Terminators. Um, and then on the other side of things, Vashtor has a band of Chaos Cultists alongside Obliterators and all those other strange mechanical creations that he's been able to warp and change. So, Rumbling yeah. around. Taking yeah. the fight to the rock as well. Exactly, yeah. Uh, um, somebody yeah. needs to tell Dwayne Johnson that he's not going to <laughs> He needs to calm down. He looks the same in every film. Just let yourself get hit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I feel sorry um, for yeah. the uh, Terminators these days. Yeah, they're a bit tint- they're a bit titchy now. Um, yeah. so. I also feel particularly sorry because lot- it's Dark Angels. They're the only chapter with 100 Terminator suits. Exactly, yeah. And, and they, they're just going to get junked on the well, scrap heap, presumably. Well, a lot of people will be talking about the fact that we're going to get Primaris-sized Terminators at some point. Um, but, you know, when that is, I don't know. I guess the Deathwing are much more of a, like an iconic force. 
within the Terminators, so it makes sense for them to still be their original suits, I suppose. Maybe it'll just uh, be some sort of civil war as uh, Space Marine chapters go hunting down Terminators to rip their armour apart to make new Primaris Terminators. We need you. We we need your gear. (laughs) You don't deserve this. Yeah, but uh, that's going to be coming out in the near future. looks pretty cool. Um, Obviously, vibes of the whole idea that we're going to be seeing uh, Lionel Johnson come back as a Primark very soon. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. Who would have who would have thunk he would have been the second one out of the gates? Um, yeah, he's going to be very annoyed with his brother, I think. So. Well, I think everybody's <laughs> always been annoyed with Reboot yeah, for some true. time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's going to be the third book. But we do mm-hmm. have Angry Ron in between. Yeah, so uh, Angron's going to be the next book, which is coming very soon. Then there's Vashtor, and then there's the last book, which has been designated Ordo Xenos there, and a lot of people think it's going to be a far sight book. So watch out for that one for the town. Yeah, moving back in time as well, we're going to be talking about uh, the Horus Heresy, and uh, there's a new tank that was revealed, just the smallest of of previews for the the Horus Heresy, uh, this one. But it's uh, the Cerberus Heavy Tank Destroyer, it's a small preview, but it's a big tank. Um, it is a big yeah. tank, so replacing the Forge World version. Yep, so begone resin, hello plastic. Mm. Um, so yeah, armed with a whole uh, array of different guns, including those culverines on the side and things like that, but you can switch things out as and when you see fit. Uh, but it also comes with those that big quad laser on the front for burning through tanks, infantry, and it might even chop the leg off a Titan if you're lucky enough. So, well, you yeah. know, it's it's yeah. one way of doing it, certainly. They didn't mention whether or not this has a base to the tank, but we presume it does. Yeah. <laughs> You'd hope so. <laughs> not, not Flintstone around the yeah. place. Horace yeah. Heresy people tend to be a lot more aggravated by things like that. So. Well, that, that's true. <laughs> uh, they did say this will also have rules for the 41st millennium, so it's not yes. restricted to the Horace Heresy. Yep. So mm-hmm. expect to see these on tabletops everywhere immediately as the arms race continues to escalate. Very much so. Why can't we all just get along, Ben? Why can't we all just get along? <laughs> there is only war, Jerry. There is only oh, war. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. moving away from the Horus Heresy, mm. we're going to be diving into some skirmish games from the Grim Dark Future. Um, so there's going to be a new kill team set on the way, which is called Soul Shackle, uh, which is quite a fun name considering the two uh, forces fighting off yeah. here. Soul for the Drakari, Shackle for the Arbites. I see what they've oh, done yeah. there. Or Arbites, as they is it Arbites they call them? I've always called them Arbites. Arbites, yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, so this is going to be a new kill team set, which comes with, as you might have imagined, two mm. new kill teams. The first of these is probably the one that everybody was the most excited about. Yep. It's the uh, Exaction Gimp Force. I mean, no, sorry, just just the Exaction Force. <laughs> just exactly. <laughs> yeah. That, no, yeah, that, that head second from the left there is not yes, the best head to yes. be going into a boarding action with. I mean, I'm not entirely certain what's going on with that. Yeah. But, but they did uh, say um, there is enough components within the set to do 34 individual troopers. So presumably there are enough heads in there to yeah. chuck that one on the scrap heap. Or but, uh, into a Slaneshi Chaos Force. Probably. Yeah, that'd be the way to go. Uh, but yeah, so the uh, Adeptus Arbites have decided that somebody is on the Gallo Dark and they need to be retrieved. And so they're going to blast everybody out of the way in order to get a hold of them. And uh, yeah, this is obviously going to be the first time that we've seen the Arbites on the tabletop in a very, very long time. I think the last time we saw anything even close to this was probably the Barbaretta 54 mil Inquisitor model, I guess, with her canine, yes. I suppose. Um, but I'm yeah, I'm trying to think that, whether they came out before the last squad version. Oh, she maybe. Came out after. I think it must, must have been after, you'd think. But because I think yeah. Arbiters have always been like a rogue tradery style thing, haven't they, really? In that regard. They, they were rogue trader, yeah. but 
Um, they were also added to Necromunda, uh, and they revamped so that the squared off long auto cannon on this guy uh, okay, that yeah. came in with the second version of the Arbitus. Right. Well, well, actually, it's the third version because there was Rogue, yeah. and then there was the early stuff for second edition, yeah. and then I think fifth, maybe. Mm. Um, but yeah, there go. yeah. But, oh, obviously, we've seen the Palonite Enforcers up until this point in the likes of Necromunda, mm. but that's obviously a lot more focused on Necromunda and them being this almost police force kind of thing. Whereas with this, we're seeing them change things up, obviously, yeah. with uh, a little bit more of a strike force. Looking pretty good. I'm sure people will drop these into their games. So uh, they're moving away from the dread look somewhat. Apart from the shoulder pads. But, yeah. Apart from the shoulder pads. <laughs> but what they've done is they've. it's almost like they've taken the blend of the old school. Yeah, models and the sisters of battle with the the Sally yes. Helm style because yeah. they didn't have that Sally. They just had visors, um, yeah. which makes sense because these originally started as the soldiers of the the priesthood. Yeah, um, on planets. So I like that blending. It works, and they've not been they've not gone absolutely radio rental. Yeah, they've not gone the, overboard with the the detail and stuff on it. The, the armor itself is relatively nondescript, um, which I like. So, yeah, um, I, yeah think, the, I think those are going to be massive. I think so. Obviously, these are going to be useful for Kill Team, but we've already seen that they're going to have rules for 40k as well because they were hinted at in the boarding action set. So if you wanted to do boarding actions with your Arbitres, then you can do that as well. We're assuming they're going to be agents of the Imperium, so they'll probably have some rules that will sort of fit in in that way. So you can use them alongside your sisters yeah. and everyone else in between. You so, would yeah, imagine so. Good. Oh, very nice models. Probably my favourites of the, the whole thing. But, I uh, think yeah. so. Uh, we also have essentially what's an upgrade sprue for mm. the Drukhari, uh, who are going to be the uh, the Dark Eldar enemies of the Arbites in this set. Um, it's essentially a Cablite Warriors box, yeah. really, uh, but it comes with additional uh, upgrade components for you to make them into the Hand of the Archon, which is the kind of named kill team that you see here. Um, Drukhari have always been pretty badass, uh, and I quite like what they've done with these ones here. Um, yeah, but, I like some of the additional components and things. They've not gone mad with it. A few extra yeah. heads, some extra bits of detail, the, the weird webway cyber raven bird thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this lady chucking a pair of grenades at somebody. Exactly. Which is, you know, I really like that. Interesting kind of stuff, yeah. yeah. But uh, I mean, it's a, it's a new sprue for what is a relatively new, I say relatively new, it's probably about 10 years old now. The, the good well, yeah. Steps. I mean, it's it, it's not as it's it's not as old as the Guardians. Well, it's not as no. long as the Guardians had to wait. So. No, 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 no. not yeah. by a long shot. So, yeah, so they didn't yeah. they didn't need a huge amount doing to it. So just an, an upgrade sprue that you can play about with for the smaller skirmish games makes a yeah. lot of sense. A little bit like what we saw for the Pathfinders and stuff mm. we'd seen in previous releases for. Sure. Uh, kill team and things like that um this obviously is a kill team set so it comes with new terrain so again we're sort of venturing down into the gallow dark so you're going to get a selection of the new terrain as you can see well the new sort of wall sections and yeah. holes and that kind of thing but there's objectives. a few additional yeah so that that's where things have sort of been added mm -hmm. to here so you get all those new objectives and scatter terrain bits including as they said a hollow board where mm. there's the layout of your kill team <laughs> game yeah. on it already which i think is kind of cool kill teamception uh, Kill team section. There's also the blasted sections of the uh, walls. Mm. So now you can add like breaching mechanics into things and blow holes through walls and that kind of stuff, which makes sense with the yeah. Arbitres being in the mix. So uh, yeah. we're also saying that um, I don't know if they'd mentioned this before, but with this, every iteration in the season, you're essentially advancing towards the bridge on the Gallow Dark. 
Oh yeah. So yeah. so this is another room Very as cool. you're getting closer yeah. towards the the final objective of taking the ship. I really uh, so, like that. Yeah. So I expect to see more things like the objective sets coming in whenever you sort of hit the next one. Uh, That'll to be build really that awesome way to, to, to yeah. sort of differentiate between the various mm -hmm. sections of the ship and, and the more controlling objectives. So yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Very nice little set of things there for uh, for kill team. Um, I think everybody's just going to be on board with the um, the Arbites. I think they're, they're, they're going to be the big hit for oh, a yeah. lot of people. Um, you know, plenty of old Hammer vibes whilst also embracing new sculpting techniques and that kind of thing. Mix them in with your naval breacher, breacher teams and, and all that kind of good stuff. And you've got a very nice kind of melting pot of Imperial troops to play around with. I like so. how the very first person who's about to jab somebody in the face with a shock baton is the medic. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Just to steer yeah. I will yeah. beat the flames out of you. You'll probably right? kill him with the medical case. But yeah, so they didn't just talk about the 41st millennium. No. And also sci fi. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff coming for Age of Sigmar, all points. Yeah. So uh, uh, lots of interesting stuff for the Mortal Realms. We'll start with the Warcry box that's coming out, which is called mm -hmm. Blood Hunt. Um, as you might have imagined, it's full of people that like blood mm. um so yeah so this is a new set which comes with two new warbands um leading the way are the Uskurgan true blades uh so these are soul blight vampires who have um kind of kept themselves away from the other soul blight grave lords in so much as that they are trying to abstain from drinking blood yeah, and like turning a, into monsters a, yeah. a monastic order yes. attempting to yeah. stave off the uh, red thirst they're not all bad no. <laughs> Genevieve um, was a really nice vampire. She was. She yeah. was. She was a great vampire. Um, Just because so yeah. the rest of them should knuckle down. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So this is made up of a bunch of uh, very martially adept vampires, mm -hmm. that all that sinewy muscle and all that kind of good thing. Uh, you will notice that there are a few of their of the true blades that have potentially not uh, been able to keep to their mantras and so you have the slightly uh twisted werewolfy formed versions of the Askurgans there as well mm -hmm. so that's when they don't quite manage to keep a hold of their uh their inner uh feeding frenzy but as was pointed out they can come back from it and so that's yeah. where that chap at the top so the pariahs in. are ones who've yeah. worked out gone off to the forest for a while find themselves and come back and people are going, hmm, but have you yep. really? <laughs> very interesting. Yeah. Orient, oriental theme. Very um, yeah. ninja with your very cool to see. rice hooks on the end of ropes mm -hmm. and, and that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. I wonder if this will be a, a nod to how, obviously they're going to go back to the old world and they're going right off book by doing things that weren't in the old world before, particularly much like Kislev, but will they also push towards... Cathay and Nippon. Well, Cathay was in the in Total War, so yeah. uh, hopefully we'll see them. Which is this? This may be a a sort of a style teaser. An of opening some of the things of we that might kind see. of thing. Yeah. yeah. But uh, going back against the True Blades, we have some followers of corn. So these are the claws mm. of Karanak. Uh, so Karanak's the big, monstrous, demonic corn Three, beast, <laughs> three-headed hellhound. Yeah, and yeah. these guys really like flesh hounds, uh, yeah. as you can see by their headdresses and that kind of thing. Um, they're pretty typically chaos in that regard, going to be charging forward, ripping people to pieces, flensing their skin from their bodies and mashing everything up into pulp and offering up skulls to the skull god. So, yeah, that's, skull lord, that's so, the one. Yeah. There's somebody who's either heading towards demon princehood or heading towards chaos spawnish. Yeah. I, I think it's just a, it's a chaos furry, I think. It's, yeah, it's just yeah. decided real yeah. with flesh out. I'm yeah. going to run about on all fours. <laughs> that is a frightening, frightening thought. <laughs> I mean, nobody but wants then, to see that. 
But yeah, very cool little set of uh, models there as well. This is the first Warcry box where I absolutely love both factions. Both sides, yeah. So it might end up buying it with a friend. There we go. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, so that's the new Warcry set. Obviously comes with new terrain as well. Um, so this kind of adds to the ex- existing Warcry terrain. So you can mix and match things as you see fit. But obviously you. if you buy this set, it comes with everything you need to start playing mm-hmm. the game straight away. So, and all that yeah. bamboo style scenery. Once again, very it Eastern. Is. Yes. Very that's nice. what you want in life. Uh, so yeah, watch out for that coming soon. Looks very cool. Uh, nice bit of skirmishing in the Mortal Realms. Always a nice way to go. Uh, we also had a little bit of a teaser for Warhammer Underworlds as well, uh, and that was the addition uh, of Grizel's Aranai. So these are your um, Daughters of Cain, your gladiators um, from uh, Marathi's army. Um, they have some fun and interesting rules in terms of how they... Uh, get inspired during gameplay they have to perform like special moves that kind of match them uh so it might be like getting a kill in the third round or killing someone in a particular way and all that kind of stuff mobilizing uh, somebody in the net yes and uh yeah that's how they will become uh inspired in the game and get access to more abilities and, and all that kind of good stuff pretty fun little set that's um as they kind of talked about a glass cannon in many regards yeah um so you know not exactly uh, the uh, the most protected of uh, ladies. <laughs> yeah, but they yeah. flip out like ninjas. Uh, they do. So you, ha- you actually have to land a blow on them. Apparently their dodges through the yeah. roof. So Which even if wild. somebody manages to land a few hits on them, yeah. they're just going to sneak past that. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not anybody actually manages to pin them down long enough to batter exactly. them to death. I'm yeah. getting Hellboy versus Prince Nuada vibes. <laughs> yes, he leaps that's, around. that's a good way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah just need to <laughs> grab them by the neck and batter them yeah but uh yeah so some interesting stuff there for the skirmish games Mm. in the model realms but that's not all Uh, we've also got uh, a new set of battle tomes coming out throughout winter well we're obviously going to be seeing the beast lords and stuff as we looked at earlier coming out this year uh springtime will introduce five more books five which is insane yeah and, uh, my God, I'm glad I'm not trying to keep up with that anymore. <laughs> wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be fun if to those both of those death tone battle tones were replacements for each other? So it came out with like soul blights, and they went aha, but wait, and then soul blights again. Uh, soul blights yeah. part two. Yeah, but uh, summer is the, uh, the 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 season of the seraphon. Yeah. Sounds like it should be a song. Uh, and mm. we also got to look at some of the new seraphon models that are going to be coming out oh, for that did. as well. So we've got a new Slan Starmaster, which is your new um, big, massive uh, mage mage character Mm. for your games. Uh, Comes with loads of uh, different options for you to use during your games Uh, and sort of creating your own personalized Slan. We had a version of Lord Croak that came out a couple of years ago now, sort of in his mummified form. Inside Uh, that floating stone gyroscope thing. Yes. But this is your kind of standard Slan if you can be standard as a slan, I guess. Mm. Uh, but uh, really nice little uh, collection of uh, bits and pieces for making your own personalised model here with obviously the side in the centre and then you've got your skink attendants on either side and there's loads of different ways for you to kind of add to it with little critters and accessories. Everyone was obsessed with the frog. So. Yeah, well, you would be. You should be painted <laughs> yeah. green. We always need to have a Kermit the Frog on the you tabletop. Yeah. That's the important thing. Uh, we also got these Raptodon uh, Hunters well so this is the Raptodon set which can be built in two different ways Uh, the Hunters are your slightly more ranged uh, focused characters obviously there's a dinosaur involved so everything's melee (laughs) 
but these are your kind. These have been brought brought up from the spawning pits by the slan to help the Seraphon in their uh, endeavors. It's and, hitting uh, and running time. Uh, very kind of Aztec Mayan in design, obviously, yeah. especially as we were talking about we were talking about off camera the kind of sort of mask, but also bony. Face Fierce on kind of the, thing going the, on. the yeah. raptodons, yeah. It's probably, I don't know whether it's the short snout or, or the very angular nature of it. The rest of the body, I yeah. think, looks great. I like the, the fluttery wings, the big crests. Yeah. I think the, the head's a little snub-nosed for me on the actual mount. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. they're, they're starting to drop more of the sort of tech in as well. Those, presumably those are some sort of energy mace that they're lamping people with. Because when, much, you're, yeah. when you're skink, you're not going to do much damage with a regular stone yeah. mace. I don't care how quickly the raptor's moving. It's the mortal realm's equivalent of a, a stun stick from the yeah. Arbitaires that we saw earlier. Yeah, very much so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right forward yeah, and battery. Very cool. Uh, we also got a new upgrade for the Saurus. Um, so they have been a kit that's been in service for a very very long time now mm. uh, and they're finally getting an upgrade to look even more beefy and badass than they already did um i've i've always loved the idea of saurus and croxagore and yeah. i think these kind of supplant the old saurus and be like no <laughs> this is how badass cat. they are they are so cool um it, again it has that that um slight tech coming in with the shields yes uh, you know, yeah. and then the standard there you see the uh the same sort of glowing one style circuitry yeah. creeping in that you see on the back of the slan where's the back of the slan there we go right in the back of his chair you know that necron tomb worldly old one yes. style yeah. circuitry is starting to weave its way into the shields makes a weapons. whole lot of sense yeah. yep <laughs> um but yeah. but yeah those are those are cracking models yeah so a fun little set there. And obviously you can paint them as Coalesced or um, the Star Fort, Starborn or Star, yeah, from- Star, something like that. Uh, so you can have the either the, the Seraphon that live up in Azir or you can have the ones that live down on the surface of uh, mm. the Mortal Realms and have Coalesced slightly. And look at that big old Lizard Man dong. <laughs> I was trying not to, but <laughs> you keep pointing it out. I, no, I, I will continue it. to, because that's quite the package. Yep, yep, you, fun, in, fun in the spawning pools. Yeah, always always yeah. fun in the spawning pools. But, uh, um, yeah. Right, on that <laughs> note, I think we need to calm Ben down. Did you win one of our prizes? Find out on our prize claim centre over at ontabletop.com. Here we list all our previous prizes and those who have won. If you see your username, fill out the form to claim your prize. All prizes must be claimed within 30 days. Right, enough of that. It's time to round out the show and we have a couple of campaigns to look at this week. Uh, and first things... We're going a bit comic booky again. Mm. Ooh. However, this time round, you're not playing the good guys. You're playing the bad guys. Uh, with Escape from Arkham Asylum by Night Games. Uh, so, in this, you are any of the major criminals who kick around uh, in the DC universe. Uh, I like Rorschach is then there as well, you know, technically a good guy, is he though? Um, (laughs) But things have kicked off in Arkham and uh, you and the other inmates are attempting to get out of Dodge. Uh, However, there are a few impediments in your way, uh, not least of which are are things like the other inmates who maybe have gone a little bit hairy scary while they've been inside and don't want other people to escape or the prison guards, or the GC police squad, 
or indeed bat bat. Uh, so they've been firing through the pledges uh, or the, the the stretch goals fairly quickly, um, which means you're getting things like expansions already. So uh, Nightwing based instead of Bat Bat coming creeping through Arkham. Um, I, I mean, you know, I, I Arkham should just be on top of a very tall cliff in the middle of some sort of yeah. huge lake of acid somewhere. Yeah. Um, because the amount of times people escape from it, it's not really, I mean, it's a secure prison for the mentally insane and it's not doing its job uh, in any way, shape or form. It no no rehabilitation here. Oh, the recidivism <laughs> rate is massive in Arkham. Uh, I, I mean, to be fair, Harley there was one of the doctors who was attempting to coach yeah. play, and she yeah. fell so fast. Um, yeah. Potentially, they're they're all like that. Harleen Quinzel. Mm, yeah. The doctor. Yeah. Uh, the only the only comic book character who came from the TV series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They made her there, and it was like, this is great. Um, this, I really like the patient skin set. If people were quick enough to get in on the start, I think it was a, a free add-on for the first 24 hours. However, it's it's various criminals in just some of their get-up gear. So the Joker's in his straight jacket. Uh, Two-Face is rocking Doing a mop and bucket. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... Um, Poison Ivy has got a little potted cactus and a, uh-huh. and a little uh, watering can. Uh, she's just doing some work in the garden. Uh, still not entirely certain what the scarecrow's up to. It's best not to ask. <laughs> best not to just move along from him. Scary people. Yeah. yeah. So the, the gameplay itself, uh, we've done a, a video on it, myself and Shay. Uh, where I believe Shay was playing Bane and bludgeoning his way through while I pretty much feel that all the rules ever. Uh, but at least you know very very typical of you jerry yeah it is, Isn't that it is. Sort of every game we play <laughs> pretty <here>? much every <laughs> game uh but when you're playing you're you're working out from like it's a hexagonal based rooms and corridors um but they're randomized whenever you build your board so the the places you're going to aren't always the same and there are so many so many night models characters that have been um, plucked from the DC universe for this and from the various sort of strands of comic bookisms. So you've got the, the incredibly comic book um, down to the, you know, penguin looking more like the penguin and then Danny DeVito's creepy, creepy ass penguin from the Tim Burton film, <laughs> you know, that, I mean, yeah. that, that really shows just the, depending on what flavor of Batman you want in your life, you can have lovely, lovely penguin or get that away from me if i'm a penguin (laughs) seriously what what is that black stuff leaking from oh he's just wrong he's not right he's 100 wrong uh but so many playable characters and uh and just some of the bizarre peculiar the con the condiment king one gun fires ketchup one gun fires mustard because yeah i think i seen a razor head was up there as well yeah the razor is up there so i mean Obviously, it is definitely the rogues gallery. One hundred percent, it is. Yeah. Uh, but whenever you're playing, all of the characters have their own unique abilities and sort of special actions they can do based on what they are. Uh, I mean, raising your tracks so you can make a stealthy getaway. That's going to be interesting. How they actually work that in gameplay wise, uh, it'll be a bit, a little bit. Why is a razor man upside down? Don't don't ask. Don't, uh, <laughs> it's best, best not to. It's really best not to. Uh, but yeah, the, like I say, they've been going gangbusters through this. Um, I really enjoyed the Let's Play. We played a very early version of it um, with prototype rules. So I think 
I think there's a few issues in there that had to be. Yeah, there's a few sort of pointers the, uh, when yeah. things have been changed, and there's some bits in the description as well. But in, in essence, it yeah. walks you through exactly how to play the the game. Really, yeah. So. so the the whole part and parcel is you're planning your escape, and uh, I think I mentioned it in the video you're making your plan on toilet roll. So <laughs> so that's why that's that sort of uh, unusual gradient there. Crayon and toilet roll. That's how you make your plan <laughs> to escape. And it's very, it's very comic booky. It's like, you know, we'll go here, we'll pick up the watering can, we'll put it above the door, we'll drop it on somebody's head. You need to go and get that guy's leg. Bit rocket raccoon, I know. But anyway, you put your plan together, you run around the asylum trying to get them without being caught, or worse, without Batman coming screaming out of the shadows at you. Um and uh and battering the living bejesus out of you. He does uh, hit like a truck. He does hit like a Mack truck. Um, but yeah, fascinating little game from Night Models. And the, the figures, uh, I believe, are going to be EVC plastic one piece. They are, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so even though they're using um, comparable sculpts to the, the stuff that they, they do themselves in Spain, these are, these are all going to be color-coded one-piece plastics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Easy there, Tiger. Yeah. The other thing that's really nice about it is it's got like a lot of replay value built in apparently so that the mm. way that you like the way that you set out the asylum can be different every turn yeah. obviously playing as the different characters they've all got asymmetrical abilities and stuff like that it's semi-cooperative as well so there's no reason why you can't shove people <laughs> into rooms full of guards and lock the door and, <laughs> and all that kind of thing so <laughs> I, I i don't yeah. think we played particularly friction based play because we looked at at the the damage that they were imposing on us and the yeah. fear of fear of yeah. Batman incoming. It's just like, yeah, I want to get out of this asylum. We're working yeah. together. Uh, but you can see, I mean, the, the models themselves look fantastic and the games, yeah. uh, an interesting take on the usual. There's good old jazz. Yeah. You'll also obviously find these very helpful. If maybe you do play the Batman's Batman miniatures game. Well, that's Use it because to build everything's up your on the app as well. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you don't need to yeah. buy the miniatures to get the cards which means all of these are accessible and usable yeah. then as various types of police criminals, ne'er-do-well standbys. Um, so, yeah. And I really like the poses they've done for a lot of the characters where they've, one of the things with, with some of the night models collection for Batman is that you get them with some like larger basing materials or yeah. maybe like Batman's on top of a cathedral <laughs> half the time or something. Yeah, I think they've done a really nice job because obviously you're running through an asylum of just having them on quite sort of clean Facing hmm. in this regard, so it makes it a little easier for you know to kind of visualize stuff on the tabletop. In my opinion, anyway. I can't so, be a hundred percent certain because, like I said, we had three D print prototypes, mm -hmm. but I have a sneaking suspicion that those bases will fit into the top of the round lip base that they use. Yeah, in possibly, the yeah. miniatures game anyway as base toppers. I just have that feeling that that, that they're the same yeah. size. Oh yeah, um, I, a lot of people are going to be using them for that yeah. anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's whether or not they fit easily into the right yeah, yeah. base, or whether you're going to have to start filling it up. I think it'd be awesome to see a clash with Killer Croc at the end, where like it's not Batman that you're like, I can hear something in the vents. Oh god, it's not Batman. It's Croc. <laughs> he just bursts through, starts rampaging down the corridors. It's fine. As long as you're playing B and that's fine. Yeah. So, just broke, a full on uh, muscle off. <laughs> broke, broke his arms once before he'll do it again. Yeah. Leave him <laughs> lurking in the sewers. So yeah, you've got your residents, you've got your patients, you've got your bosses, and uh and then the the whole pages full of toilet roll to plan your escapes <laughs> like that. Uh, so it should be uh a fascinating game if you're a fan of 
specifically Batman in the yeah. DC uh, comic book line. It's um, yeah, it's a bit different, and everybody always goes to Arkham at some point in the comics. Always, uh, so I'm curious to see if anybody else comes creeping out of the darkness. Some of them are very. I mean, Condiment Man. He's obviously got his guns there, mustard and uh, and ketchup. But will we see Firefly or some of the other Mad Hatter people like that? Because uh, they're always good, good for a laugh. And uh, I just like the idea of playing the Rogues Gallery. And um, I think one of the Court of Owls is in there people. at the moment as well. So yeah, uh, Talon yeah. himself, I think, yeah, is, yeah. has been yeah. chucked in as, as the most recent unlock. So yeah, there, some of the best stuff from Batman. That so you know, say some of the best stuff. If you are a Batman fan, by the way, um, the Doom that came to Gotham, which is a Cthulhu Elseworld series, has just been announced as coming out as an animated film. Ooh. So. Uh, I see the trailer the other day. Uh, if you've never read it, then maybe you'll watch the cartoon. Uh, everybody loves Cthulhu. It's always also, good. Also, R.I.P. Kevin Conroy. Best mm. Batman, hands down. There we go. Yeah. Adam West, but you know. Boom. A close second. <laughs> uh, there are 11 days left uh, over at the Game yeah. Found campaign for Escape uh -huh. from Arkham Asylum. Mm -hmm. And we have a final Kickstarter. Yeah. And this one is very dear to my heart as well. I'm probably dear <laughs> for my wallet. I've managed to avoid <laughs> clicking on it since it launched. Well, here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we so, all know uh, this is going to work. This is from uh, Die Hard Miniatures, which mm. is Tim Prow and his team, uh, including the likes of Chaz Elliott and Drew Williams, amongst other amazing artists. Uh, but uh, this is the Battle for Black Mirror. And this is the first of a set of campaigns for this year from Die Hard, which is looking at expanding their fantasy range and in particular, their undead. Uh, so this is focusing on bringing, as you can see there, 50 plus new uh, undead miniatures into the range, kicking off with the kind of core of this. They've already been funded well in advance of, the, oh, yes. <laughs> of today, essentially. Uh, but yeah, so the core of it was going to be a set of um, six five-man foot troop units, essentially, which would have given you 25 miniatures, really, which would have given you the kind of core that you would have needed for any undead warband or army. Uh, so you got your sort of um, your foot troops with swords and shields, spears, you got your archers and all that kind of good stuff there. But then as they progress through the campaign, they have added uh, loads of additional characters, Cavalry models, monsters, everything you could think of for building a, uh, <laughs> a a proper awesome undead army. That is the Sir Tristan of Blackmere limited edition miniature that is only available as part of the campaign as Jerry goes to click pledge. <laughs> but and there you can see some of the uh, new sets they're bringing out. So you've got your skeleton warriors there, skeleton warriors, uh, alongside Bowman and all sorts of different things. If you don't remember that Saturday morning cartoon, I, I feel bad for you. Um, I feel bad for you, son. Um, <laughs> too old. I used to watch Saturday morning Starship and Swap Shop. <laughs> uh, but then, as you can see, things got like familiars and all sorts of things that have been mm. added into the mix. The stretch goals is where they've just gone like ham on everything. And this tends to happen with the Die Hard campaigns. They're kind of like, oh, we only want to fund 25 miniatures. Here are 50 miniatures. <laughs> and they just sort of throw them at people to have fun with. Um, it, should, uh, it should be pointed out, obviously, these have all been done in that kind of old hammery style. Mm. Um, so if you're a fan of classic Citadel, Grenadier and that kind of thing, then these would be a very good option for you to sort of add into the mix. But of course, everybody loves this kind, this style of miniature nowadays um, for a whole range of their different games, especially with a lot of so many miniature agnostic systems out yeah. there. 
that these would be uh, handy for. Sorry there, Chris sees it. I said miniatures agnostic. And yeah. I know you don't like so that, but there we go. So. All miniature <laughs> games are miniature agnostic. Yeah. Uh, but yes, um, so yeah, we've got a, a whole host of different options for you to choose from there. Uh, and there's various different pledge levels as well. So you can get um, just the, the new stuff. You can expand it with all the stretch goals. You can go back and pick up some of their existing line as well. So if you want to go down that route, you can. Um, but yeah, uh, I think I think Tim Prow and his team have uh, done themselves proud with this one. Mm. Uh, and it's chock-a-block with awesome uh, skeleton speed. Skeleton crossbows. I mean, yeah. the nice thing is because they are a unit of five unique models with a certain yeah. weapon type. Yeah. If you're playing Oathmark or something, you can pick up multiples. If you're playing Frostgrave, where you just need the occasional wandering pack of something, yeah. one pack sorted. of each away you yeah. go um, yeah. and be all that you can be. I mean, crossbows are good. Those mounted skelly spear are great. Mm. I really like those. A little, a little bit of calf. a little bit of diehard miniatures lore that I found from listening to Jordan Sorcery, who's mm-hmm. a very good YouTube channel. Uh, back in the early days of 40k, there were the snake men were developed as a mm-hmm. kind of like alien race, and nothing ever really came of them. Well, if you want to go and look through the Die Hard Miniatures sort of collection as a whole, they did an entire army essentially of snake men for you to pick from. So they've got both flavors, sci-fi yes. and fantasy as well. Yeah, the yeah. Eku Kin or something, mm. I think they've called them. Um, but yeah, if you if you are like, ah, I want some old hammer snake men to use in my sci-fi games, go and check it out, see what you think. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, so Gwen's unlocked. He wasn't this morning. Whenever I know, <laughs> that's good. He's a bit, um, bit bilious, bit plaguey on it. He's he's a bit more rotten than skelly bobbing. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it takes all sorts, yeah. all sorts. So crypt mummies next. Unmounted, or sorry, uh, un un riderless skelly steeds. They're always handy to have, and a skeleton unicorn. I've just got a living unicorn today from another company. Maybe I need a skeleton <laughs> version. I'm just saying, maybe. That Warrior Infernal unit. Oh, well yeah. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lights. We'll just go down there. Actually, well, no. We'll be good. Remind <laughs> me. Tippy tap of There is. You shall now. There's 13 days left for the Battle of Black Mirror. Um, already funded as well. So if you fancy going a bit fantasy-esque, um, then yes, Die Hard's great one to check out. I think that's enough for today. We've, we've been up for some time. God, yes. There's been a lot going on. Yeah. Right. We shall return next Friday for more of the same, but if that is too far away, join us on Sunday. Come on. Come over on tabletop.com. Join a cult. Be a cultist. You know you want to. It'll make you happy. You can have a 30-day free trial. See? Can't say further than that. Come on. Do it. Do it. See you Sunday. Bye-bye. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.